0: And welcome to Prepare Like A Pro live chats. My name's Jack McLean. I created Prepare Like A Pro earlier in the year. We are a strength and conditioning business working with footballers based in Melbourne, working with both male and female footballers all around the country. If you're interested in checking out our training programs or how you can work with us one-on-one, head over to our website, preparelikeapro.com. Excited to, and I'm just gonna invite him now, Welcome on for our chat, Nick Green. Nick is an accredited uh, practicing dietitian with nearly 10 years of experience working in the nutrition field. Nick started his career predominantly supporting people with heart disease as they were discharged from hospital following a cardiac event or procedure. He also works with people with other health conditions and helps them to improve their diet to better manage their health. In 2014, Nick had some further study in sports nutrition through the Australian Institute of Sport. This ignited his passion to work in elite sport and setting to support athletes to get out the most out of themselves. After this, Nick spent time at the Victorian Institute of Sport learning from some of the leading sport dietitians in our state. G'day guys that are joining us. Chuck you out a few waves there. And Nick joined the Box Hill Hawks, which is where I met him as our team's high performance dietitian starting in 2017. uh, And he's looking forward to pre-season kicking off for, for next season. He's a fantastic dietitian, I've seen his work firsthand, uh, and I'm really looking forward to this chat. Here he is. How you going Nick? Hey, hey Jack, how's it going? I'm well. So for joining me mate. Pleasure. Uh, is this the, the debut Instagram
1: live? It is. It is. I hadn't considered it's it something I do before but happy to be here.
0: Yeah, thanks for jumping on mate. Well, we'll jump straight into it. Take us back to the beginning. When did you first discover that you were passionate about in the field of nutrition?
1: Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day, and it all started back doing my undergrad. So I did a pretty broad undergrad. So yeah. studied health science, so a lot of stuff there around nutrition and exercise. So from there, I was sort of considering which direction I go in because I figured it was either going to be one or the other. And I got to the end of that and got offered the opportunity to do some research. So to do my honors, so to study further with nutrition. So I ended up going down that pathway. Spent a year looking at the effects that chili has on sort of glucose, insulin responses, blood pressure, that sort of stuff. So an interesting, interesting. place to start. Yeah. And from there, well, I thought, what did you? What were your findings? We found that in people that were overweight, so Chile actually had some benefits there. Yeah, it just helped with, the, per, I guess, the person's response to sort of control their glucose a little bit better. So nothing major, sure. but yeah, still something. But yeah, from there, went on to do my yeah. master's up in Wollongong and yeah, haven't looked back since. So two years up there and then moved down to Melbourne. But... Yeah, that was really it. Like that research pretty much ignited it all. And I thought, yep, this is the path that I want to be on. Yeah. Was it when you started studying further that
0: ignited your passion? Was the people that were on the course, was there a a moment where you you can recall or did it sort of come on throughout the degree?
1: Uh, I reckon it was throughout the degree. Like the more exposed you get, the more you sort of learn, the more you try to apply that and yeah, really you start doing it and you don't ever want to look back. So yeah, probably didn't... Happen all of a sudden, but it just gradually came on.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And who have influenced you the most throughout your journey, right? From when you were studying to now
1: being a practicing dietitian, who have influenced you along the way? I reckon probably the biggest ones have probably come about in the last five or so years, and you, you mentioned before. So the dietitians I worked under with at the Victorian Institute of Sports, so Kylie Andrews there, she was awesome. Like that was my first, I guess, exposure like to see in the flesh someone working in elite sports so that was really really cool also too like the bit of study I did at the AIS just working under some of the guys that work at the AIS or or seeing what they do learning from them that was so cool guys like Greg Shaw yeah Greg Cox Gary Slater some real like key dietetics in the like dietitians in the field they were really you pretty much go you talk to them and yeah you can just feel like their passion they have for it and then more recently Simone Austin dietitian who had been working for Hawthorne for a number of years she's yeah she's awesome and for me getting into football like a really cool person to work with and and work under so I really enjoyed yeah meeting all of those and it's been yeah, yeah great learning from them.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And and has it changed much, a practicing dietitian, whether it be at the athletics to now over the last sort of 10 years, have you noticed a big shift in it, whether it be the role of a dietitian plays or or the methods that you do with presenting and as well as taking like skin folds and that sort of thing? Has has the role of a
1: dietitian changed much in sport or has it stayed very similar? Look, I, I guess things have probably changed along the way and things that were considered to be like really important in the past. I mean, they look at that and for something like, you know, I think done a lot, like weighing before and after like footy games. I know a lot of the AFL clubs in the past used to do that look with every player before and after every game to look at fluid loss, to look at what they have to do to get the players hydrated over the next couple of days before they get into training. But see something like that while they saw value in it in the past realized that like it wasn't really that necessary the guys have a lot of time to recover you know so by the time they get back to training they're going to hydrate And if they're too aggressive they're not sleeping well they're just getting up to pee all night so that's one thing and i think even like refueling with carbohydrates like that used to be something people were super aggressive with like looking at that recovery meal but then sort of realizing again unless you're doing two sessions a day or you're backing up you know you're not going to play footy and then do something again the next day. So you've got that mm. time to recover. So I think just understanding that better, that's probably the main changes I've seen. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, that's, yeah, that
0: makes sense. And um, when and where did you start? Was it the Victorian Institute of
1: Sport? Is that where you started your career? No, so first job that I'm still in, yeah, was with Boopa, So I actually moved from okay. Wollongong, where I studied my master's, yeah, down to Melbourne for an opportunity. So I looked at a few different things. And so that was the job, working with people with heart disease and yeah, that was that was it. And for me, look, looking at the other dietetic jobs that I'd applied for, this one made the most sense. So working with people that left hospital, I mean, dietitians generally come out of uni and they're trying to get jobs in a hospital, like working with people who are sick on wards. But I just didn't see the value in that. I mean, people are sick, they're there for a couple of days, they go home and you don't really get to have much of an impact. But the job yeah, um, sure. I was doing, you know, you're talking to people for a few months, so you get to really support them as they recover, which is, yeah, so much more valuable.
0: Yeah, you get them back on their feet and, and finally, like, they must really appreciate that support. What would be the contact time once they leave hospital? How frequently would you speak to them? Yeah. And for those that don't understand what you do, what, what what is your focus when working with those guys, getting them back into yeah.
1: normal life? So normally, like, I'd speak to people within two or four weeks after they've left the hospital and These sort of people, they could have had like a bypass surgery, stent, stroke, whatever it is. And I mean, particularly if they've had a bypass, that's open heart surgery, a lot of recovery there. So I'd speak to them, talk to them about sort of not just nutrition, sort of everything else around that. So I think that's important to consider. So talk about like cholesterol levels, which is important for heart health, managing blood pressure, just keeping active. And then what they can do with their diet to sort of control all those things. And if they've got their cholesterol under control, you know, their weight's, coming down or is where it needs to be. The blood pressure is well controlled. The chances of them having another heart attack or needing another bypass is going to be reduced. So yeah, that's the sort of stuff I do and probably speak to them each month for probably you know four to six months. So okay. quite a big follow up for some people, but that's the support they need to sort of get back on track and sort of get the all clear and on the straight and narrow and yeah, just get on with normal life.
0: Yeah. And towards working with athletes, what are some focuses that you have with developing footballs? Cause I know there'd be a few that are, that are watching, G'day Furno. Yeah. Yeah, what, what would your advice be with developing footballs when it comes to sports nutrition?
1: Yeah. And I think there's so much out in the media, Instagram, wherever you look, you know, supplements and all those sort of things that i pushed. But, like, the, yeah. the key thing is really building good foundation. So, like, getting the basics right with food, sort of understanding the sort of foods that are going to help fuel your activity, the few the foods that are going to help you recover, choosing the right foods at the right time, just to yeah, give you the energy you need, recover, get ready for the next session, next training, you know, games, whatever it is, yeah. and, and just putting all that other stuff to aside, not getting caught up with other things you need to buy. Just yeah. get, the, get the basics right first. That's the most yeah. important thing. Well, why do you reckon
0: athletes or everyone in general seem to be attracted to those supplements? What's the
1: lure, I yeah. think? Oh, they're so well promoted. So well promoted, <laughs> and you just have to look at the names. Like, you know, yeah. yeah, it makes me laugh sometimes. You know, someone goes in and they look at a supplement, it's such and such shred. Cool, I want to lose some weight and I want to be a bit leaner. I'm going to get something that said shred, that'll do it. Don't need to know what's in there. Um, pretty much says it on the packet. I mean, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And yeah, they, they know what they're doing, they know how to so sell products.
0: Minutes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Makes sense. What about for those that want to improve their nutrition leading up to main training sessions in pre season or, or even game day? What's your advice for, for footballers that are wanting to um, make change towards, I guess, if it's main training day, how should you eat on that day yep. leading up to that session?
1: Yeah, and I think the most important thing to consider when you're getting there and you're doing that main training session or you're getting out and you've got to run out of game, you've got to have yeah. the energy to do that. If, you're not, if you don't have the energy, I mean, in training, you're not going to sort of produce your best. I mean, you're going to have skill errors, those sort of things. And Same too with the game. So the most important thing is to make sure you're sort of thinking about how you're fueling that. So thinking about sort of your carbohydrate intake for games, like I look back as early as the night before, you know, the morning of, Mm -hmm. pre-match meal, and for training, like if you're training after school, after work, sort of thinking about what you're doing through through the day. So, you know, a solid breakfast, lunch, you know, if you're doing a a five o'clock training session, a good solid like carb-rich afternoon snack. So something like, you know, a couple of slices of toast, a bowl of cereal. You know, fruit and yogurt, those sort of things that are going to give you the energy. If you go in and you haven't done that, you're feeling a bit flat, you're not going to get as much out of it. And then, you yeah. know, it's a yeah. hot day today. I mean, if someone was going out and training tonight, like hydration is key, making sure you are drinking enough. I mean, that's important, you know, whether it's hot or whether it's cold, but particularly when it's this warm.
0: Yeah. What well, can be some signs that athletes can, you know, either measure themselves that they are dehydrated or maybe they're not fueling their like you mentioned, energy and training quality and things. Is that, how, is that the best way to measure, or is that that's a, a way to measure, you know, whether nutrition's helping them?
1: Yeah. So I think, like, energy and stuff, just think about, like, sort of how hard things are compared to what you'd expect them to be. You know, obviously, if you're getting into, like, a solid pre season, you'd expect things to be progressing. If you find some sessions are just, like, harder than they should be, you know, and the intensity hasn't really changed, like, that's probably a sign that you're not fueling properly if you feel like yep. you're fatiguing early and stuff. But, I mean, hydration is going to do same thing and the thing that's really tricky about hydration you know if you're getting thirsty and you're looking for a drink i mean that's not a sign that oh you know probably time to start drinking now probably going to be dehydrated by the time you're getting really thirsty you probably are dehydrated mm. and, and with that before a training session i mean if you're peeing and you know it's fairly yellow it's yeah. probably a good indication that you are dehydrated you want that to be pretty clear or really pale so from yes. a hydration point of view that's a like a really clear sign yep yeah yep yeah,
0: fantastic. That's great. Tips that people can can apply, and if they find themselves where their pee is yellow or their energy is down, what what would be your I guess your, your yeah. top couple of tips to change? How do you how do you help um, athletes that may forget to hydrate throughout the day or forget to have to eat that those fundamental clean
1: foods that you mentioned? Yeah, um, and I, I think for yourself, like if you if you've got that issue set reminders make things really easy for yourself like you need sometimes like i know for myself some things just need to be visual they need to be there in front of you so you know like if you're like let's say going to school and you're going to train that afternoon just have something there like when you leave school you're going to have or when you leave work something that you've got there that you know you've got to get through you know schedule it that into your day so make the effort you know if hydration's your thing you're struggling with that you might have a bottle of water whether it's you know 500 meals or a liter and you might say well pretty much from three o'clock till 4.30, I've got to get through that. Like, that's just something you've got to do. That's just part of your preparation for getting out to training. That's just part of the process. Just like, you know, you would pack your gear or whatever you do. That's just all part of it to just try to make those good habits. Yeah.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Um, And does does your advice change depending on gender, depending on age? And if so, what, what would be, how do those things come into account?
1: Yeah, it's a hard one. I think with nutrition in general, if I'm talking to people, the advice for every single person is going to be different. Like, you know, whether they're young, they're old, male, female, everyone's different. So the rules are like generally the same, but you've got to tweak them to apply them to the individual. Yeah, so like to be honest, a lot doesn't really change. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. And is it, do you set goals? Because so I know at, the, at Box Hill, you, you would do the skin folds on guys and then individually have some time during doing skin folds, giving them advice and, and educating them as well as presenting to the group. During those individual times, Did were there goals that you would set for four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks? Yeah. How do you go about making change when it comes to nutrition? Because it can be quite hard because you've eaten a certain way, whether it be your upbringing or just whatever's at home, your parents might still be cooking for you. So what are some ways that you can make that change?
1: Yeah, and I think the most important thing, like whether I'm working with athletes or anyone else, like the key thing that I've learned over the years, if you, you've got to keep it simple. So keep it to a few changes. You can't change everything all at once. So, you know, focus on a few things. And I think you've got to agree as well on what those mm. priorities are. So if I've got something that I want someone to do and they don't agree with me, chances are they're not going to do it. So we've got to sort of be on the same page. And I like to catch up with them, at least like depending on the person at, I guess, you know, bare minimum, at least every month, like if I can catch up with them sooner, great, but at least want to catch up with them each month to see how they're going. Cause there might be challenges with it. We couldn't set something that isn't realistic or there can be barriers. So we want to sort of troubleshoot those to work out, you know, adapt our plan, change our approach. So yes. they're able to sort of get to where we need them to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. There's a couple of questions that have been sent through. First one's from John. Yeah. I'm a footballer who's 16 years old. What should I be having for breakfast? at the moment I mainly have
1: cereal or toast? Yep, and it's a great question, John. And I think breakfast is something that's pretty common, cereal or toast, that's what people have. But I think if you're looking at having something like that, it's important to think about not just, they're both providing carbohydrates, but think about where the protein's coming from. So if you've had a training session the night before, your body's still looking for protein to sort of assist with the recovery, muscle repair, growth, that sort of stuff the next morning. So if you're having a couple of slices of toast, you're not having protein, so that's going to like work against you when you're looking at recovering. So if you're having cereal, having that with milk, having that with yogurt, so making sure that milk and yogurt's there to give you protein. If you're having toast, thinking about you know having a glass of milk with it or having eggs or something else with it, that's going to provide protein to that meal. Another benefit of that too is it's going to help you sort of better manage your appetite throughout the morning, so that protein helps with appetite management. So yeah, important to make sure you're getting that in fantastic uh this one's from
0: alex I, i'm trying to drop five kilos over the next couple of months and i'm really struggling with snacking after dinner at night time what yep. would be advice to break that habit yeah oh, it's a hard one or do you need or is it just replacing uh,
1: yeah yeah i think like the first part of that question like the thing you said the fact you're trying to lose five kilos over a couple of months that's key i think that's sort of a realistic time frame so really good that you're yeah. Yeah. Setting that time frame. I mean, you know, people think they're going to lose five kilos in a couple of weeks and that's just not realistic. Yeah. So I think it sounds pretty obvious and, you know, first place to start, just think about what you've got in the house. If you've got snacks there that aren't so good, think about sort of how available they are to you. Do they need to be at home or, and then have things that are probably a bit lower in energy, something that can keep you going. You know, it could just be something like, you know, a couple of boiled eggs. So a bit of protein without the carbs with it. You know, think about the time you're having your dinner as well. Think about, you know, if you're eating really early and then getting hungry later, and you can push that out, you know, another half hour, hour, eat a little bit later, that could work. Sometimes we just fall into the trap of having something to eat when we're thirsty. So if you're like having a glass of water, distracting yourself, that's a good reminder. But set up cues, like, you know, like near those snacks, things to remind you of what you're trying to achieve. So it could just be like, you know, a sticky note there. This time of year, it's really cool. Like, the sun's out for longer. I mean, you know, depending on what your night looks like and what time you're eating, you might just get out and go for a, a jog, ha- like go for a walk, you know, chat to family, just find something else to do, call a friend, just find distractions, things that sort of take your mind off it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, breaking fantastic. the hard, but when you break it, yeah, I mean, hopefully you're on a good
0: track. Yep, yep. And this one's from John. He's, he's asked what, what does he need to do and, and how long should he take to gain three kilos? Yeah, I assume in muscle. <laughs> Yeah. um, Yeah. What would be you recommend? Is there a weekly target that you set for guys that want to gain weight? Is it a monthly target? How do you sort of? What's your advice with guys that want to gain weight?
1: Yeah. So with that, it's a slow, steady slog. About a kilo a month for 250 grams a week of muscle. That's realistic. If you're putting on half a kilo a week, you're going to put on some muscle, but you're going to put on fat. Then you're going to get to your goal and have to lose the fat. So slow and steady. So yeah, a kilo a month is a good target. And then I think firstly you've got to think about sort of the stimulus. You know, that stimulus that's going to help with muscle growth. So that's your exercise and then, then trying to get the most out of it. So that's a stimulus. So you need to make sure you're eating to match that. So I spoke before about protein at breakfast being important. So think about sort of those hits of protein that you're having across your meals. So breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks over that 24 hour period after you've been to the gym, done training, whatever it is. So, you know, yogurts, eggs, tuna, those sort of things are quick snacks to have between meals. And then obviously, yeah, with main meals, meat, chicken, fish, cheese, all that sort of stuff, legumes, yeah, with each meal. But yeah, I think give yourself time. And if things aren't changing, like there might be an opportunity just to slightly increase like the size of your lunch or your dinner or the snacks or whatever it is. And at some point, that that weight will start increasing. But yeah, it it can be a slow, steady slog.
0: Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's really good advice. It's a a kilo a month is sustainable. And that's going to work quite well with your loading in terms of injury prevention and everything as well. So it's a good approach to have that slow approach but for every like holistically you mentioned supplements earlier i know i get a lot of questions around creatine like what supplements do you recommend athletes that you work with and what what are some of the ones that you hear about a lot that you try and steer athletes away from
1: so i keep it really simple so like protein powders and creatine that's about it yeah so they're the ones and look there are so many out there the list is huge all the things that come out and like the first thing i'll ask someone if they're taking something like i don't know l carnitine or something. Like if they're taking that, the first thing I'll ask them is what's it for? What does it do? And if they have no idea Mm. what it does or why they're taking it, they've probably just been sort of talked into it or someone else has told them to do it. I think they need to do their own research. And look, depending on the person and the level of sport they're playing at, look, I'm open to talking with them about different supplements they're taking and sort of helping them understand them. But I guess there's such limited evidence to support the majority of supplements. So that's why they're not sort of classified as, supplements that can improve performance that are actually recommended. So, yeah, creatine, protein, that's all I do. Keep it really simple.
0: Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And is there, like, should, like how do they know if it's batch tested? Like, what's your advice around those? It's something that you do quite a lot, a lot with the Box Hill Boys, especially when the new guys are yeah. signed on. So what's your advice for those that don't understand yeah, the, uh, yeah, in terms of yeah. being banned from substances and, and, and how strict it is and how diligent you need to be as an athlete. What's your advice for those that may not be aware? What should yeah. they do to educate themselves?
1: Yeah, so you've got to get online, do your research. And so when we're talking about batch tested products, we're talking about there's a couple of companies that will actually go and they'll do independent testing of products to see if there's any banned sort of ingredients in there that are going to return a positive drug test. So we want to avoid those ones. So two companies that... I will look at sort for their logo and product. So Inform Sport. So you can jump online, Inform Sport, check out the products they have. So this is something that can't be bought. So the company gets the product tested and they'll say, yep, this product doesn't have anything in it. So they'll get that little logo on it. And that's Hasta, that's awesome. So Haster's the other one. So you can jump onto Inform Sports website, or Hasta's website, and look at the the like it's the products that they've tested that have that logo and yeah, that companies can't display that logo if they haven't been tested. And important too to consider where the products are coming from so like i know in footy like athletes aren't or and i guess dietitians in australia they're going to really recommend products that are produced in australia not products produced overseas like new zealand i guess is the exception but not stuff from the u.s just because yeah you can lose some control over like what goes into those so yeah yeah
0: Yeah, Australian. yeah awesome mate you've really provided plenty of plenty of advice for no matter where you're trying to Improve your endurance and get a little bit lighter, or improve your strength and, and put on a little bit of weight, or if you're just generally trying to get healthier and improve your well being, there's something there for everyone. We'll, st- we'll start to wrap it up. What are you excited about for 2021? What, where will you be working? Yeah, what are some, some of the things you're, you're looking forward to for, for next season or next year?
1: Yeah, oh, the end of COVID, back to footy. That sort of, yeah, it's been a yeah. weird year. Had my weekends back. I would say, which has been nice, but I haven't been able to go anywhere. So, yeah, getting back into you know pre-season training, like catching up with the players, seeing where they're at and sort of gearing up for, yeah, the 2021 season, really excited for that. And then, like, in addition to the stuff I'm doing with Box Hill for the upcoming season, still just sort of chipping away with my work at Booper, sort of in a different role. I, I guess less time actually working with people one-on-one, more time looking at sort of other health programs that are available to people. So just, Yeah trying to help you know as many people as i can but yeah really looking forward to getting back to footy
0: yeah fantastic well thanks again for joining me mate it was a really good chat and uh, giving us not only your journey along the way and, and story to where you are today but all the advice uh, emmanuel's just written very valuable information so yeah you've made an impact on him and i'm sure many others so thanks nick and looking forward to catching up soon mate thanks for the chat see you jack awesome cheers nick thanks everyone for watching see you guys